So the USC football team has made it to Texas without any airport delays, which means they are now locked on to the two-lane green wave coming up in the Cotton Bowl. I have some notes and quotes coming up on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you like to watch on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free, and I want to thank everyone for coming along for the ride. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done so already, uh, do me a favor. Hit that red subscribe button. It would mean a whole heck of a lot. And as always, to those of you who have, thank you. Right on. All right. So the number eight ranked USC football team, 11 and two, they're going to face the number 14th ranked Tulane Green Wave, also 11 and two, in the 87th Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. It's going to be played at uh, Jerry World, 18T Stadium, Arlington, Texas. That's 12 p.m. local time in Dallas, Central Time. 10 a.m. in L.A., West Coast time. So breakfast, brunch with the bowl game. How's that sound, Trojan fans? Uh, As I mentioned, USC uh, eighth ranked in the AP poll as well as the coaches poll. Tulane is number 14 in the AP, 17 in the coaches poll. And then if we want to uh, use the real rankings, the ones that actually matter, means something. Uh, USC is number 10. Tulane is number 16. So I point that out strictly because it's interesting which rankings USC likes is highlighting at this moment. Uh, they're using the AP coaching, uh, the, the AP poll and the coaches poll to highlight uh, USC's higher ranking. Uh, because, And I point that out because once the college football playoff poll was released in October, uh, the AP poll basically slides behind. It's 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 like second tier. Um, so now that USC is out of the playoffs, USC is like, hey, let's use the AP ranking because it gives them the higher the higher ranking. And again, that's the game matters, but again, because the college football playoffs is what everybody's um, striving for. This is another reason why the game itself is meaningless. And for those of you who aren't watching on YouTube, I was using finger quotes around meaningless. Um, This is going to be USC's third appearance in the Cotton Bowl. You, for some of you old enough to remember, 1994 was the first time when USC uh, and Keyshawn Johnson, who went on to be the number one overall draft pick, uh, they beat up on Texas Tech 55 to 14. That was back in 1995. And then uh, back in 2017, I'm sure everybody remembers number eight, USC, bringing that number up. They fell to number five, Ohio State, 24 to seven uh, in the Cotton Bowl, 2017 Cotton Bowl. 
That was a really weird game. Uh, USC moved the ball. I mean, they, they actually outgained Ohio State. Um, but they were also sacked eight times, and they just couldn't punch the ball in the end zone. Uh, Deontay Burnett set a cotton ball record, 12 receptions, 139 yards. Tyler Vaughn's had a pretty good game, six for 119. Uh, and that win for Ohio State, uh, that was their first one over USC in eight tries because that snapped a seven-game winning streak that USC had held over uh, their soon-to-be Big Ten Conference brothers. 2024, that's when USC makes the move over to the big conference. So, again, uh, you know, despite that 24-7 to score, it – it was a weird game. It was a weird game. It, it wasn't as close as the score indicated. As I mentioned, uh, USC moved the ball offensively. They had 413 yards. Ohio State only gained 277. Um, they had 81. They ran 81 offensive plays to 55, and they had more first downs. Ten more first downs than Ohio State. 23 to 13. And they controlled the ball for 34, almost 35 minutes, 34.56. So, again, just a really odd ball game. It was a frustrating, I guess the best way to describe it would be frustrating. And that's, I guess, maybe the best way to uh, describe the Clay Helton era. It was frustrating. There were times where, hey, you, you showed signs of growth, development, and what could possibly be. And then you just saw a backslide. Anyways, so um, this is going to be the, not only, well, I mentioned this, this is the third time, USC has played three times in the Cotton Bowl. This was, uh, this will be the third time that USC is actually playing in AT&T Stadium. So besides the 2017 Cotton Bowl loss to Ohio State, the year before that, they got their, Butts handed to him by Alabama, fifty-two to six. So let's see if uh, USC can break the three-game losing streak in Arlington, Texas, and uh, get a win. Right. Overall, USC is nine and seven in games that are played in the state of Texas. So uh, they're two and one at Texas, uh, two and zero oh against Texas Tech. One of them being in Lubbock, the other being in Cotton Bowl. One and one versus Baylor. One and zero oh each versus A and M in the Blue Bonnet Bowl. I remember that game way back when, as well as Houston. <coughs> Excuse me. Rice, SMU, and uh, Houston. Oh, one one versus Michigan State in the John Hancock Bowl, uh, as well as TCU in the Sun Bowl. Georgia Tech in the Sun Bowl, and they are. Oh, I said they're. 0-2 in AT&T Stadium. So, uh, yeah. You guys uh, might remember the loss of Georgia Tech in the Sun Bowl. Coach Lane Kiffin at the time wearing sunglasses. But yeah, there was a little bit of turmoil that, for that game. Anyways, uh, as far as USC and Tulane, this is going to be the first time in 76 years. <laughs> yeah, uh, that these two teams have faced off. Against one another, USC played Tulane in 1931, 1942, and 1946, and USC holds a record, a two and one record versus Tulane. 
Uh, I, their biggest win is uh, with Howard Jones against Tulane in the Rose Bowl, the 1932 Rose Bowl, where they won their second national championship, 1928 being their first. Uh, let's see. Oh, since this will be the final game of the 2022 season, USC is 69, excuse me, USC is 70, 48, and 11 in their final games of the season. Um, I, the reason I brought it up, I said 70, 40, and 11. Some people like to use the their vacated win that they had to give up. Homie, don't play that. The game was played. I don't look into vacated wins. USC is 70, 48, and 11. In their lap, in their final game of the season, uh, with an eleven and two overall mark in twenty twenty two, USC is actually going to be pursuing their seventh twelve win season. Uh, again, screw the NCAA and your vacated victories. Two thousand four and two thousand five count just as much as nineteen seventy two. 1978, 2003, and the 2008 seasons when USC had 12 wins. And this will be just the fourth time that USC is going to be playing a 14, playing 14 games in the season. Uh, they did that back in 2013 when they went 10 and 4, 2015 when they finished 8 and 6, 2017, 11 and 3. So, conference championship game. If you're playing Hawaii, you get those extra games, figure it out. And let's see, USC, oh, this game is going to be being played on a Monday, January 2nd. USC is 18-12 and 12 on Mondays, and that includes 14-4 and four in bowl games. Uh, USC's last Monday game was that uh, win over Penn State in the Rose Bowl, 52-49. Yes, that was pretty cool. So, um, what else? Oh, USC has a 34-12 and 12 record. Uh, which is a 740 winning for 739 winning percentage, 28 and 11 in bowl games in the month of January. They get it done. Oh, here's a cool little note for uh, you guys. Traveler. Yes. USC's mascot, the uh, the beautiful white horse, is going to be uh, going to be making the trip. So uh, it also made the trip in 1995 and the 2017 Cotton Bowl. The farthest traveler has ever gone away from the LA Coliseum, the 2005 Orange Bowl against, uh, in Miami, when USC, I think they beat up a team called Oklahoma. Yeah. As far as Tulane's bowl history, let's just throw this number out there. They are 6-8 overall in their bowl games. Uh, their most recent bowl game was in 2020 when they lost in the Potato Bowl to Nevada, 38-27. Before that, in 2019, uh, they won their bowl game in the Armed Forces Bowl against Southern Miss, 30-13. In 2021, they were a two-win team. USC was a four-win team. Neither team played in a bowl game. All right. You want to get more uh, news notes and other types of stuff about the Cotton Bowl? Head over to betonline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football 
to basketball, to soccer, to and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, I know you do, you can find those over at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So as I mentioned at the very top of the show, USC arrived in Texas. And Coach Lincoln Riley and Nick Figueroa were the first to to uh, represent USC and meet with the uh, the media. So got some quotes for you from both of them. Kind of kickstart the uh, our way into the Cotton Bowl. What's going on? What those guys are feeling, hearing, seeing, talking about. And uh, Coach Riley, um, his opening comment. It's great to be here. It's a bowl that so many of us have so many fond memories, whether it's just growing up and watching this game, especially for me being from the state and fourth time now at the Cotton Bowl. So blessed to be here. And we've used the opportunity to prep leading up to the start uh, to educate our team on what playing in the Cotton Bowl really means. This is forever and ever one of the most iconic and most historic and one of the most important games in our sport. Interesting how Lincoln Riley is describing the Cotton Bowl. He's from the state of Texas. <clears throat> That's how most Trojan fans uh, talk about reverence um, when you're when you hear and talk about the Rose Bowl. The proximity, the tradition, what it means to USC. Uh, the Cotton Bowl means a lot to Lincoln Riley. He grew up in the state of Texas. The South, the old Southwest Conference, um, the Big Eight, Big Twelve. You know they have a similar tradition with the Cotton Bowl, uh, the same type of tie-in uh, that USC and the Pac-12 have with the Rose Bowl. So I totally understand where uh, where Lincoln Riley is coming from with his opening comments, and it's true. When you look, if you've been a bowl game for eighty-seven years, uh, you're doing something right because bowl games come and go. But very few have um, the the longevity of the Rose Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl, um, the New Year's Day Bowls. Others, you know, like I said, come and go. Um, but you know, for people from the southwestern part part of the state of the country, the Cotton Bowl is their Rose Bowl. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh, so, and then basically the same question was asked of USC's defensive lineman, senior Nick Figueroa, uh, who said, just really excited to be here. The team has been through a lot over the last few years. Guys who have been around, new guys too. Everyone has got their own story. I think to have an opportunity to play in a game like this, especially for guys like me, uh, in their final year, it's huge. And we just really appreciate it. And we're not going to take take the opportunity for granted. Nick is one of the most um, introspective, uh, well-spoken, mature players on the team. Um, so he he's going to always come at it from, you know, from I guess from a uh, from a hey, this is my last opportunity um, perspective, and this is his last time suiting up in Cardinal gold for, for, for USC. So uh, it, 
I understand where Nick's coming from as well. Um, he, he makes a great point about why this game matters and why it's not, again, for those not watching, I'm using finger quotes, why it's not meaningless. Uh, for some of these guys, and I just mentioned, this is going to be their, you know, their last competitive football game because the NFL just isn't in their future. <clears throat> Whether that the NFL is in Nick's future, who knows? I know he's going to give it a go. Um, but uh, again, that's, I, I think, where the appreciation for no, for playing every down uh, as your last, because it could be your last. That's where Nick's coming from and why the game matters and why it's not meaningless. I know there's a, we could, we can have a discussion on the word meaningless. And uh, you know what? Each of us have an opinion and neither opinion is wrong. Some of our opinions are just more right than others. Sarcasm. <clears throat> My mom used to always tell me, I may not always be right, but I'm never wrong. And that her point was, if you have an opinion, you're not wrong. There's very few opinions that are wrong. Very, very few. Um, uh, one of the maybe one of the reasons why USC is uh, favored over Tulane, and this is something I, I wasn't aware of. And again, I, I really don't keep up with Oklahoma out of conference games, but uh, Lincoln Riley has coached against Willie Fritz before, as well as Tulane. Um, he was asked about, you know, he said, Coach, you've had a great season. Uh, Tulane has also had a great season. Excuse me. When you look at Tulane and what you guys will face in January, uh, on January 2nd, uh, what comes to mind when you look at the team? Quote from Lincoln Riley, they're fantastic. Honestly, I got a coach against them for the uh, against the first game last season. He's referring to 2021. So no surprise to see the job that they've done. Uh, Willie, one of the best coaches in the country, he's proved it over and over and obviously done a phenomenal job with the group. The other thing that uh, Riley pointed out uh, that I'm not talking, you know, I'm not going to read word for word every quote, each quote, was that the Tulane roster has some continuity to it. A lot of the guys that Tulane is bringing that will be playing in the Cotton Bowl have been around and been playing together for three or four years. That goes a long way for programs like Tulane, especially uh, in the era of the transfer portal, where the, you know, the, the, the group of five teams, they kind of get plucked apart. You know, teams like USC come and take the best players from teams like Tulane, Arizona, uh, even though they're from the Pac-12. Washington State, those types of teams, you know, Oregon State, uh, the lower, you know, if you're not a blue blood team, you're more apt to have players leaving to go join better teams. That's just a fact. Okay. That's just how it is today. Um, another thing uh, Riley uh, mentioned at this uh, press conference You've had bowl practices at USC versus here in Dallas now. Is it going to be more of a traditional game week now that you're here in the state? Uh, Coach Riley said, it will be. It will be. We've been able to get some good work 
and a lot of the work was trying to work on ourselves and the areas we know we need to uh, improve as a team. <clears throat> cough, tackling cough. That was for me. If I was in the audience, that's what he would have heard. Cough, tackling cough. Uh, they were good. Uh, they were good, though. They were fun. They were really spirited. And looking forward to that continuing here in the state of Texas. But we will get a full game week and give us a chance to kind of get settled back into the routine that we know and expect that our team has a lot of confidence in. <coughs> Excuse me. That was a real cough. Um, at this point, uh, there was a little bit of some levity that was brought into the conversation. Uh, the moderator asked, uh, Nick, you were talking about this on the way in. You were looking forward um, to the trip, experience a few things. What kind of things will you enjoy here in Texas in your time here? So this is what Nick had to say. I grew up a big Dallas Cowboys fan. First thing, getting to go play in that stadium, practice in that stadium, that's a big deal to me. And what a burger. Of course, in and out, the rivalry. Got to see it. Got to see what it's about. Coach Riley slipped in a, a real quick wit, a little quick jab. That's a heated rivalry. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to pretend I was part of this discussion. I'm going to end this discussion right now between Whataburger and In-N-Out. Whataburger, it's okay. It's kind of trash. It's a big bun and a thin burger. But their French fries are better than In-N-Out's. In-N-Out's are fresh, but if you don't eat them, the second they hand them to you, because they are there's no preservatives, they're cold in five minutes. That's why French fries have preservatives at fast food restaurants, to keep them hot. <laughs> um, now, again, if you want a really good fresh burger, for me, give me Fat Burger or Tommy's. And don't at me on this because I've got way too many years invested into this. So, again, in and out Whataburger, who cares? They're both, they're great. They're, they're good. in and out is a step above Whataburger. Whataburger has better fries than in and out If you want better burgers, period, Fat Burger. They got better fries in both of those places because you get skinny or fat fries, which are basically steak fries. Tommy's, that is an L.A. icon, chili on their burgers. It's a mess. You stand up eating it. It's a, it's wonderful. All right. So back to Nick Figueroa and what he's looking forward to doing in Texas. Uh, he's also looking forward to going to Bucky's. Don't worry, USC fans. I had to look it up also. Bucky's is home to the world's largest convenience store which is currently located in, in New Braunfels, Texas. And it, it, the size of this convenience store, 66,336 square feet. What are they else is Bucky's famous for? Something called beaver nuggets or sweet and salty corn puffs that can be found throughout the store. Bucky's is famous for the snack, which comes in a basic version or coated with chocolate, cheese, caramel, and sea salt, and much more. Apparently, there's not a lot to do in Texas. <laughs> um, back to football. Riley was asked, uh, it's been a big layoff since you played your last game. How do you get the team refocused after a long break? 
after the holiday. Uh, what if what have you seen from the team in trying to get refocused and ready to go for this? Coach Riley, um, and you know what he he starts brings up a really good point. It's always I, I wouldn't say it's a challenge, but it's it's just unique that no other sport you play games and then all of a sudden you have a month off. You know where you don't play a game, um, and luckily. This staff he's referring to, you know, himself and the guys he brought along with him, they've been through this before. So, and so I think it's been for us asking the team to do what they've done for the last 12 months, which is to trust us and let us lay out a direction, let us lay out a path that will help them be successful. And then let these guys have a, and then these guys have got to believe, to believe in it, and they've got to follow it. And when we do that, we've been pretty successful. And so we've laid out a path for them that's led to success and opportunities that the staff has been at various spots. And it's going to be up to our team to go and embrace it. So basically, he's saying, we've asked the team to trust us since we've been here. We're asking them to trust us through this month of bowl preparation. And you're going to get a similar result. I guess we're going to find out. So, um, what else can we go here with quotes? Let's basically playing in this uh, stadium is a unique situation, no question. Um, big venue, yada yada. A lot of coach speak stuff goes on with these things. So, that's pretty much where it ended. Um, I will have more notes, quotes as they come along as the week uh, goes and we get closer to the Cotton Bowl. So, Who will be the leading receiver for USC in the Cotton Bowl? Is it going to be Jordan Addison? Let me rephrase that. Without Jordan Addison playing, who will be the leading receiver? I'm going to give you two different scenarios. Again, uh, give me your feedback. You tell me what you think. So if Caleb Williams is playing, starting, it's either going to be Taj Washington or Mario Williams. That's who I think. One of those two will be his leading receiver with Jordan Addison out. Now, if Miller Moss plays, I'm going with either Kyron Ware Hudson or Kyle Ford. Why? Uh, it's going to be the same rationale for both quarterbacks. Comes down to two things. Comfort level and timing. Who do these who do these quarterbacks spend more time practice repping with? Precisely. Mario Williams, Jordan Addison, they tend to be more of first team, first string, first up guys. Those are the guys that Caleb Williams is going to have more familiarity with. <clears throat> Same concept applies with Miller Moss throwing the ball to Kyron and Kyle Ford. So now with that said. Watch, it'll be someone completely out of the blue, Michael Jackson the third. Or you know, here's what would be really cool. John Jackson. I need to see him have a moment where he catches a touchdown pass. Personal favorite of mine. Um I'm trying to remember the Trojan from back in the day. 
his very first, and I believe it was his only pass he caught, was a touchdown for USC back in 2015. Man, it was in the... It'll come to me, and I'll mention on another episode of Locked on USC. I apologize. Uh, It's just something that kind of popped into my head right now. Anyways, I want to see John Jackson III have a touchdown in the Cotton Bowl. Sentimental favorite for me. All right, that's another episode of Locked on USC in the books. And we come at you five times a week. So I want to thank you for that. Coming along, don't forget to make Locked on Sports your second listen. uh, Because they have all the uh, late-breaking news on sports as well. You come here for your USC information. And when you want to uh, get some good written content, head on over to WeRSC.com. We still got that $10 annual subscription special going right now. And it'll take you all the way through the end of Fall Camp 2023. So jump on it. Myself, Eric McKinney, Scott Schrader, recruiting guru, Chris Arledge, Greg Katz. We got it all covered for you over there. So until our next episode, Trojan fans, you know what to do.